Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed at work and in life. You know, I've enjoyed hearing their stories for more than 10 years, and I chose 19 of them to contribute to my earlier book, Leading Women, which is still available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and, of course, your area bookstores. Now I'm excited to announce my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. It came out January 8, 2019. I'm so excited about this book that I chose some of the amazing women who were quoted in it to talk about In This Together and about their own work on behalf of women. This week, I'm pleased to introduce Paige Oxendine. Paige is a program coordinator for a technology-focused business incubator and innovation center called the E-Factory at Missouri State University in Springfield, Missouri. She's also founder of an area networking group, which she co-founded with Rachel Anderson named Rosie. We told the story of Rosie in our new book, In This Together, as a perfect example of how to form a networking initiative to support women. Rosie provides a no-cost opportunity to meet other women, learn about board service opportunities, and a network for personal development. When they sign up online, their information goes to a private database that matches people with opportunities, such as speaking, board service, or working on panels. Paige previously worked with the Springfield Area Chamber of Commerce, City of Springfield, and Springfield Regional Arts Council prior to joining the E-Factory, so she's extremely experienced. She also earned her undergraduate degrees in public relations and socio-political communications from Missouri State University, where she also served as a student body president. So I'm very pleased to welcome Paige Oxidine to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women and to learn more about her work with Rosie, which I just read on the website boosts over a thousand members. Wow, a thousand members. Welcome, Paige. Well, Paige, thank you for being with me. Welcome to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women, and I know that you are one of those, so welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. Well, of course, I've been looking at the website, and of course, I've been looking at your credentials and your Vita and you are one busy woman and uh, doing so much for other women as well. So I want to start out by talking about this. This is so important, and I wish more women would share their personal stories about who they are and how they got to be who they are. I think sometimes, especially women, look at a, an attractive, successful woman who's well put together and go, oh, it must be so easy for her. But as we all know, when we start to really share our stories and where we've come from, we learn that we don't get anywhere without a few uh, dips and valleys and peaks and valleys and so forth in our lives. So how did Paige get to be the Paige I'm talking to today? Yeah, absolutely. I think that is so true. Um, I certainly did not get to where I am today by myself. Uh, It's been a journey and lots of great people involved, of course, along the way. And so I'm originally from southwest Missouri and so grew up in the Neosho Joplin area uh, and really I think attribute so much of who I am today of course to to my family and my parents and so was really raised 
in a family where the value of, of hard work and I think really giving everything your absolute best was demonstrated to me on a day-to-day -day basis by my parents. And so now that I'm a little bit older and start to really think about some of those formative experiences and lessons learned and, you know, at the time when you're growing up, I don't think you always realize uh, how those things are being instilled in you due to your uh, upbringing, but can certainly look back now and see that, of course, my family played a really key role uh, in really shaping me into who I am today and instilling that desire to be part of your community, to give back, and to really wake up every day and give whatever it is that you're going to be working on that day 100% and just committing yourself to be the best that you can be. Uh, and of yeah. course, from there, had some really awesome experiences growing up um, in Southwest Missouri. Had a really, I would say, well-rounded high school experience. And from that age, even up through now, I think looking back and recognize um, what I didn't necessarily know at the time were quote-unquote leadership roles, uh, but certainly had a desire mm -hmm. from an early age to step into roles like that, to volunteer and to really be part of my community, whether that was a school community uh, you know, or a civic community, uh, and then mm -hmm. actually left the Neosho area and moved to Springfield, so just about an hour away, to attend Missouri State in the fall of 2009, and I think that's where all of those things really came to a head in terms of my desire to, to give my best, my desire to be involved in my community, and so much of where I am today is really a, a byproduct and a result of my experiences at Missouri State University, and so had yeah. the opportunity to be involved in student government, serve as student body president, had an opportunity to go through the Sushir Institute for Women in Public Life, and I think it's programs like that when we think about how do these women get to where they are today? Who is it that have helped them along the way? What are those programs right. and those mechanisms that have contributed? Sure. Um, those are certainly the things that I think about. Yeah, fantastic uh, journey. Great values do create great things. But, you know, personally I can see the faces of the people who supported me throughout mm -hmm. my journey toward leadership and, and the things that I've done in my life, but I also see the face of people who did not. But who who are some of the key people in your life that really, that you could say right now, you can see their faces, I know you can, that really made the difference for you of who you are today? Yeah, well, in addition, of course, to my wonderful mother and father, uh, the, the first person I think of in terms of chronological order would be my high school debate coach. His name is Mr. David Watkins, and so I went through um, all four years in high school of being on the competitive speech and debate team and can look back now and say that that was absolutely a formative experience in terms of leadership roles, developing uh, you know, various communication styles, being able to effectively communicate with people who may hold different viewpoints than you uh, and still have a, a rational and reasonable, reasonable conversation. Uh, and then through uh -huh. my time at Missouri State, really so many outstanding professors and advisors for various organizations I was involved in, some really fantastic men as well as really fantastic women. You may know Dr. Gloria Galenas, who is a former uh -huh. professor I do. at Missouri I do. State University. Yeah. yeah, she was absolutely fabulous. Um, Nora uh -huh. Cox, who I believe you know as well, both of those women uh -huh. really uh -huh. encouraging me at every step along the way, whether that was related to my academic success and my extracurricular success and really just always encouraging me to go for, you know, whatever it was that um, yeah. I was considering taking on and so credit them. And then, of course, worked with some really great people 
upon graduation. And so my first job was here in town at the Springfield Area Chamber of Commerce and, again, had a wow. fantastic team around me. I think it really takes that. And mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. back working with the university at the E-Factory, of course, I work daily with Rachel Anderson, whom I know you met. Um, uh -huh. And Rachel I is did. really fantastic as well. And, and so it just uh, being around those people who continue to push you to be your best and to inspire you to really think bigger and imagine, you know, the impact that we can all have together. Wow. You know, they say, I mean, you're, when you're ready, the right people will show up. Our book, In This Together, it's so important that people understand the importance that it's going to take for men and women to make the difference as far as gender parity and looking through that lens, that gender lens, to really make the difference. And, you know, and I'll be honest with you, Paige, I wouldn't have said that five years ago. I really wouldn't mm -hmm. have. You know, it's been, it's come to a realization for me that sometimes I was worried so much about getting women on board alone that I really forgot there really are great male advocates and male allies that we need to uh engage and and assist us and 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 I have those people in my life as well but uh yeah I mean I I think uh again you're coming from a different age group and and uh you know age is is wonderful and experience is wonderful and you've been around lots of different women and lots of different age groups and and I don't even know if this is relevant but I'm going to ask this question anyway but what what do you see as sometimes the deterrent between age groups that sometimes interfere or sometimes block or distract or disengage women as they're moving towards their leadership roles or taking on a position of a leadership period? I think that that definitely exists. The, the positive thing I think that is worth noting there is I do think we're seeing less and less of that, and that that's certainly something Great. I've seen in my experience my former role with the Chamber of Commerce in Springfield yeah. was specifically to manage a young professional group of both men and women, but folks who uh -huh. lived here in Springfield and were professionals under the age of 40. Um, and you would certainly see a difference in terms of how those individuals would go about advocating for themselves or how they would go about seeking out yeah. leadership and professional opportunities maybe versus their predecessors and those who were more seasoned, frankly. Um, but I do think we're seeing that continue to break down, whereas younger people are willing to step up and really advocate for themselves and find the channels and their mentors and their sponsors and are, I think, continuing to become better and better at, you know, essentially putting yourself out there and knowing their worth and, of course, asking for that worth. And that gets into salary negotiations and all sorts of other fun things we could talk yeah. about. Yeah. But I do think we're seeing that continue to improve, uh, you know, and be, where age and experience is less of a hindrance. Uh, in terms yeah. of folks having the confidence to really go after what it is that they're interested in. They say, be a mentor, get a mentor. And I truly believe that no matter what your age is, is that you, in some respects, you know, mentoring uh, someone else and then also getting someone to mentor you no matter what your age is. And and I think that's becoming more and more true for all age groups is that we really realize <laughs> we don't get anywhere by ourselves, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, you know. And, and uh, I think especially women are beginning to understand that because when we ask for help, you know, then we can turn around and give help, and that's uh, that's key. That is absolutely the key. Well, let's talk about something really, really amazing. It's a phenomena, but it's a wonderful phenomena, especially, you know, with what's going on in the world right now. But you being the co-founder of Rosie, and this tells, uh, tells me and tells the world, you know, we are making progress. We are definitely realizing 
that we are going to work together, and when we do so, anything is possible. Absolutely. So we, it's actually two and a half years now, which seems absolutely crazy to think about. It has gone by in the blink of an eye uh, when Rachel Anderson, who's the director here at the E-Factory, and myself founded Rosie together. And at the time, I was actually still working at the Chamber of Commerce, and so it was initially what you might describe as a joint effort and um, absolutely have to give credit also to a group called the Women's Foundation. So they're based in Kansas City. And we had some connections there. Kendall Seal is, is absolutely a fantastic male ally and male advocate when you talk about those folks mm-hmm. who we had been in touch with and really encouraged us to apply for a grant. Um, and so it was through the Women's Foundation that we received a grant, which was the initial funding that helped Rosie get up and off the ground. Because Rachel and I, uh, as colleagues and, and friends, had known each other for a couple of years and had very similar backgrounds, very similar shared experiences. And, and each of us had really had I would say a lot of opportunity throughout our life and a lot of doors opened, had a lot of connections and a lot of social capital here in the community. And we had had ongoing conversations with one another about how do we really broaden this network of opportunity for women in our community? How do we open that door? You know, How do we bring others along? All these same things that we've been talking about. And really at its core, what we wanted to develop was a database where we could collect information from local women about their experiences, their interests, their skill sets, you know, do you live in city limits, would you be interested in serving on a city board or commission, you know, all of these different things, would you be willing to be considered as a speaker on a panel, you know, because it was sort of all of this coming to a head for Rachel and I where we might be at a business function and notice that um, there were very few women in the room or if you have speakers on stage at a large-scale event. So often there are no women, you know, being featured in those settings or sure. we might find ourselves sure. in a boardroom and find that there, there's one woman on a board and it's, you know, it's the same six women in town that serve on all the boards and quite frankly they're probably exhausted. But also hearing from them that when they would be approached with these opportunities they didn't feel like they could say no because they often knew, you know, in the back of their mind that if they said no there likely wouldn't be a, a woman in the room at all and so they were really yeah. carrying a lot of that load. Um, And so we launched Rosie really with the intent to be a network for local women, whether they be interested in starting a business, running for elected office, serving on a board, simply expanding their network and becoming more well-connected outside of their workplace or their industry. And it has really taken off. The interest has been so much greater uh, than we ever would have anticipated. We've had so much positive feedback from men and women in the community. And I think what's really exciting for us is that we're now – two and a half years into this initiative and and still see, I think, just as much momentum and interest as we did early on. We continue to see women joining. We continue to be fed referrals about board openings in the community, and we continue to advocate for members who are interested in those activities. And so it's been really exciting, and I think um, the future is equally exciting for Rosie. Yeah. California just passed a law that uh, women have to be placed on boards, public boards. Yes. And I, I've seen I think that. This is this is what's going to have to happen. We have to have these kinds of movement in the world to say, wait a minute, you must have women on your boards, because again, the data shows over and over again that when women are in the C-suite, women are on in leadership and board positions, the companies are more successful. And I think the companies that are smart. And the businesses that are smart are beginning to understand that. Nobody's going to get anywhere until we actually then are all working together. You know what? It's a lot more fun. Have you noticed that? 
It is, and you're absolutely right that you know, um, you know, the metrics really do speak for themselves when you look at yeah. business performance and board performance, where you have that diverse group. Yeah. Well, what do you think though today is really distracting women or interfering with women moving into their their higher selves and taking on these roles of leadership because again women women in general have always been you know the hand that rocks the cradle rocks the world but we see the problems and we've always been problem solvers what is what is deterring women from taking on leadership roles well, I think so much of it still, and, and although the tide is turning and there's a lot of positive momentum, I think we still just culturally here in the United States have a lot of barriers in place. And again, all of that I think is continuing to improve and um, you know headed in the right direction, but we still just as a society have so many preconceived notions about what leadership looks like, what power looks like, what authority looks like, what you know knowledge and experience and, and really being an expert in your field might look like. Um, and so yeah. I think we're going to have to continue to really work diligently. Of course, a lot of women involved in, in that work, but men are going to have to be involved too in unwinding sure. a lot of those notions and those images. And then, of course, as we bring up these next generations doing everything we can really from the outset to essentially not even go there, to not plant those seeds and those biases in the minds yeah. of, you know, what will be our future leadership. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in the book, In This Together, we talk about the bias, the biases. But one of the biases that really, really, I think, sometimes deters women and really gets, interferes is the bias they have towards themselves alone. And oftentimes that is covert. We don't we don't realize that, you know, again, I still remember someone coming up to me, and this was years and years ago. They asked me to be the board president of, of this particular board, and, I, and I, I even remember thinking, well, I don't really have those skills, you know. And, and I think back to, my, to that time, and I think to myself, why would I even think that at the time? I mean, this was over 25 years ago. You know, I mean, this was a long time ago. But why would I think that? But again, the biases that I had towards myself as far as my own leadership potential and my ability to lead and to even be in, in a board position such as that was, you know, I can think back and, and look around and go, yeah, I mean, it's because, you know, who, do you, who would you rather work for, a man, bo a male, or a female boss? And oftentimes women will even say they'd rather work for a male than a female. I mean, so we, we, we do. We have to uncover this stuff. And I think groups like Rosie, when you get around, you really start talking about what are the pros, what, what what's helping us to move forward, but also what is still deterring us from really making the progress that we need to make. Because we know other countries are doing that. Iceland, for example, Germany, mm -hmm. uh, of course, England. I was at Oxford uh, speaking here about three weeks ago. I mean, some of the greatest leaders, but they've had women, great great women leaders. Look at two Queen Elizabeths, you know. I mean, they've had women ruling and and being in positions and, you know, now the May uh, going through Brexit, whatever, that's another story. But, but again, we, you know, it's hard to believe the United States of America is still is behind other countries as far as women's leadership. I'm excited about this coming election. How how do you, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't talk politics, but why why not? But, uh, you know, are you, you know, I'm excited about this coming election. But some of the names that are popping up, I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm not even going to say who they are. It's <laughs> interesting. 
I thought, oh no, deja vu, don't do it, let's not go there again. But but I think there really is, I mean, this last election and all the, the Congress, the House of Representatives, I mean, we made huge progress. But I think this next election is going to be hopefully the one that will break the ultimate glass ceiling. And that's what we've got to do. We have to have a woman in a leadership position that the world will notice and understand that we have risen to where we need as far as women's leadership in our in our world. But uh, that's just me talking. I, you know, like I said, I can get off on my, I'm, I can get up on my podium and start pounding it. But I think, uh, yeah, I really am excited about what's coming up. So well, I completely agree, and it, and it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, that notion of if you were to ask Americans, you know, what does a Congress member look like, or what what does yeah. an American president look like? You know, we have to continue yeah. to unwind those notions that the people right. who are in those positions of power are always going to be men because that simply is not the case and it shouldn't be the case. No. And we would all benefit, um, you know, from that con- from that changing. And so uh, it's just going to have to take those hard conversations. And I am, yeah. I- I'm with you that we made some really great gains in that last election, and I hope that we'll continue to do that. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at Rosie's mission. It's to help connect, partner, collaborate, and continue to increase support and access for resources for women as it relates to professional development, business assistance, and leadership. But, you know, women, we really are good at that. I mean, the you know, they call them the soft skills, but we really are great at one thing, and one thing that oftentimes we forget is developing good relationships. Mm-hmm. And and I think when when companies start to look at what's important, what the bottom line is, if you have good relationships within your corporation, that filters out to the relationships that you have with the greater community that you're serving. So I'm very positive. I, you know, I'm excited. Groups like Rosie and what you're doing, I think it's phenomenal, and I think we need more and more connections. I'm currently the uh, the chair of Take the Lead, which is a national organization to develop uh, curriculum, leadership cur- curriculum for women all over the United States. And the cohorts are divided into the different cohorts, like business and industry, uh, Mm -hmm. media and entertainment, social profit organizations. But all these cohorts, 50 women change the world. But, you know, it's it's key that we really keep – keep going and moving forward. So what do you think the future looks like? What are, what do we what can we anticipate because you are you're in a driver's seat right now, you know, because of where you are in a university setting with the e-factory and you, I mean, you can see the trends, you see what's going on as far as education and and the and the thought leaders. What is what what can we look forward to? Yeah, I think the future is bright. The first thing that comes to mind is something that you just mentioned, which is the power of relationships. And so I certainly don't think that's going anywhere. We here in our community, you know, Rachel and I, when we started Rosie, it really was our personal networks and our relationships across the community that enabled Rosie, quite frankly, to be what it is and and to be successful, in my opinion. And so Mm -hmm. that's going to continue to be a huge, huge area in which all of us have to continue to work to build and maintain relationships with one another, that notion of bringing people along. And so I do think, you know, the younger generation, whether it's men or women, really Uh understand that power, like you said, of social profit, of giving back, of doing good while you're doing well, you know, whatever you might want to call it. And so really that power of bringing people along and bringing people up with you as people continue to move into leadership roles, into positions of authority. Uh, And then I think the other thing that's going to continue to be really important for 
everyone to understand is that notion that a rising tide really does lift all boats. Um, so obviously yeah. we work here at the <laughs> like Factory in economic development, um, you know, and so that's our mission is, is community growth, economic growth, and really everyone at the end of the day is going to benefit from these communities that continue to invest in those sorts of initiatives because that rising tide really does lift all boats, and that's something that we believe really strongly in. Absolutely. Well, you, you're on the right track, and you're doing some great things, and you're in a you're in a place that you can make those changes and really create opportunities for yourselves and so many other other women and men. Because it's going to take us all. It's there's mm-hmm. no way we can do it by ourselves. But uh, I'm excited for what you're doing, and uh, I want to stay connected to you all and anything that we can do, continue to do, to help support your mission and and your vision. We uh, Women Connect for Good and Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, we're in it. We're all in it, so just know that for sure. But, uh, Paige, I want to thank you for what you've, you've done and you will do because <laughs> we're not done. <laughs> we've got we've got a lot more to do still. So um, we're looking forward to that next election. But, again, if there's anything we can do, any, any last words? How can they learn? Well, first of all, how can they learn about Rosie and joining and getting involved with Rosie? Yes, absolutely. So joining Rosie is super simple. The best place to go to do that and find more information about everything that we're working on is rosiesgf.com. So that's R-O-S-I-E-S-G-F.com. That's the best place to go for that. And then my other last words would really be a thank you to you, first, for allowing me the opportunity to be featured um, with so many other fantastic women in these conversations that you have. It's absolutely an honor to to be asked and the privilege, but to thank you, of course, on a broader level uh, for all the work that you're doing in this space as well. So like you said, it, it takes all of us, it takes everyone really rowing in that same direction, I think, to move the boat, and you're certainly someone who's at the helm of that, and we're really thankful for your leadership and your commitment to these same values. Thank you so much. Well, we're in that boat together, and uh, we're moving moving along nicely. And there's, uh, like I said, there's a great horizon, and we're we're moving towards that. Well, Paige, this is not our last conversation, I know, and I'll I'll definitely we'll definitely stay in touch. And and welcome to leading women. You're one of those. Welcome to the Women Connect for Good community. And uh, yes, we're members of Rosie as well. So. Many, many, many thanks for what you're doing and continued success in all things. Have a have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.